All right, it's Liquid Gold, where we do shots. It's the summer of shots right here on Liquid Gold, where we're going to talk all the easy, breezy, slightly carbonated, delicious beverages that you love to enjoy this summer. Today, we're talking about the mojito. It's kind of amazing it's taken this long for us to finally give mojito its own episode. And a very special guest today for our mojito episode, Mr. Travis Allen Archer, a mojito master who is now the bar manager, head bar dude at Osteria Labuca in Los Angeles. He'll be calling us from Echo Park and having mojitos on his veranda. My name's Mike Wolf here with you today. Shout out to our producer, Michael Eads, and everybody at We Own This Town, the We Own This Town podcast network. The music show is back. So they recently uh, released their newest episode of the music show. Check that out at weownthistown.net. Shout out to Upright T-Rex Music for the tunes. Jess Matchin for the lovely Liquid Gold logo. And Jess Matchin did the cover for my new book, Barantined, Recipes, Tips, and Stories to Enjoy at Home. And it's a pandemic bar book of sorts, talking about how, di- how different bartenders made it through the pandemic when everything shut down in the bar world and there's plenty of home bar tips uh, tips for making drinks from your garden bounty some tips on making clear ice at home and a lot of the essential cocktails that you need when you're starting to kind of make drinks at home and then there's this huge section of drinks from the pros and There are bartenders from Nashville, Chicago, Los Angeles, New York City, all over. A ton of bartenders from Nashville, though. Some of our best. There's so much creativity in this book. I will be in conversation with Lisa Donovan, pastry chef and James Beard, award-winning writer. And that is happening tonight on the Facebook Live event page of Parnassus Books. You'll be able to watch this after it happens as well on their page so check that out that's tonight july 23rd at 6 p.m and again you can check that out after the event as well one thing i want to say about mojito i have a really cool section in my book garden to glass my first book um, about the mojito and my experience having a mojito in cuba in trinidad cuba i had mojitos all over cuba But um, this is a drink that comes from the island nation of Cuba. And one of the the really special little differences about the mojitos that you drink in Cuba, aside from the Havana Club, which the story of Havana Club and the sort of parallel universe Havana Club that we have now from Bacardi, that's going to require a whole new episode. But the Havana Club rum makes it really special, super ideal for a mojito, but it's also the sugar. And I'd say the closest thing to the Cuban sugar that we have over here is the uh, organic sugar, that sort of tan color where the grains are not quite as fine as your uh, regular sugar. And so if you wanted to make a real authentic Cuban mojito, take and this is a drink you can build in glass. Travis is going to give us his amazing mojito recipe, and his is spot on and perfect. This is kind of a different riff where you can use this organic sugar and say, take six mint leaves, throw them at the bottom of a glass, and let's say anywhere from two to three teaspoons of sugar, um, depending on how sweet you like it. Then do anywhere from three quarter ounce to an ounce of lime juice. And I like a little to sneak just a 
touch of Angostura bitters in there. So a tiny little light dash, a couple drops of Angostura bitters. Muddle that together. And what you'll have is the sugar will help to kind of agitate some of those lovely notes in the mint, some of those earthy notes. And you don't have to muddle this hard at all. This is just a light little muddle. Add uh, a touch of soda water and start mixing that all together without ice. So add about an ounce or two ounces of soda water. Start mixing that together. Then add your ice. Then add your one and a half to two ounces of rum, depending how big your glass is. Stir that, swizzle that up, stir that together. Then add a little bit more soda to top and a little bit more ice to kind of trap those botanicals down towards the bottom of the glass. And then add your lovely little bouquet of mint for garnish and a straw and you're good to go. Travis also has a really great recipe for a mojito. So let's turn things over to our conversation with Travis Allen Archer now. All right, it's the summer of shots and we had to tackle eventually. We had to pull in a mojito master. He used to be the CEO of Mojito Mondays at Dino's here in Nashville. Mr. Travis Allen Archer is on the program. He is the bar manager now at Osteria Labuca in Los Angeles. Coming all the way from Echo Park, Mr. Travis Archer, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being on, man. Um, it's great to have, you know, as I said, a mojito master. But right now at Osteria Labuca, you are doing a lot of really cool, intricate stuff and some kind of like pretty progressive cocktailian stuff. Tell me about a drink that you're stoked about on the menu right now. Well, right now I'm like trying to make a bunch of cocktails that are like super refreshing for summer and especially like people returning back to like a sense of normalcy and wanting to go out and like party with each other. So like all crushable. Um, uh, one of the, my favorite drink on a menu right now is called Rodeo Drive. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> is, uh, so obviously there's a Rodeo Drive out here. But um, my friend Jeremy, who I uh, used to work with at Dino's, uh, has one of the most amazing tattoos I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and it's a, a guy on a horse with a lasso spelling out the word Brodeo with the <laughs> lasso. And it's on his butt. So the cocktail name is basically a combination of my friend's butt tattoo and a place where you buy expensive clothes in L.A. Wow, I um, can't get any better than that. The profile is, <laughs> is really great. Um, it uses rum, barb, and court, uh, lo-fi, uh, dry vermouth. I love lo-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a stand for all their products. They're like very, very herbaceous and uh, floral dry vermouth. I use it in my martinis. We batch martinis and stuff like that to go. Still, we the California now has it where you can keep doing that, which I love. Yeah, it's a great extra source of income. Is that still doing well for you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're they're cheap. They're like eight out eight eight and a half ounces, and they're like twenty five thirty bucks depending on what what's in them. So that's a, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, like two and a half cocktails for. Twenty-five bucks, mm -hmm. but it has a low-fi vermouth and it has Amaro Angelino. And Amaro Angelino is this amazing California Amaro that I've actually brought to Nashville when I when I've gone to visit. I wish they had distribution out there. It's incredible, and oddly enough, like my boss uh, and the former bar manager at this restaurant, like created it together. Oh, that's they, amazing! I follow them on Instagram, so I'm f I, but I've never tasted it. It's great. I'll send you some. That'd be um, awesome. It's wonderful. But uh, it has it's like a very like orange for like very like bright orange for citrusy like it uses 
lots of lemon verbena and other like stuff like that. Like very, very much a sense of terroir, mm-hmm. uh, what grows out here. Um, so it's those three items, lime juice. There's this uh, miraculous foamer that I use, which is like an egg white substitute because I like to, I can't do aquafaba because I still find that it provides a little too much of like a flavor and smell. Sure. That it's a vegan substitute. I'm not vegan, but I like making drinks for people Mm -hmm. that are frothy without them having to think about why it's frothy. Mm -hmm. I feel like the chickpea still adds adds a little bit of too much of a protein thing going on and egg whites are you know, a lot. Yep. So I found foamer that I like to use and then uh, it has this thing called dreamsicle cordial in it. And so what I do is I sous vide orange flower water, vanilla bean, orange peel, lime peel, sugar, water, uh, and just make this, like, make this cordial with it. So it has like the taste and texture of like a really fun, like bright, slightly bitter popsicle. Wow. Uh, but it's not, it's not too sweet. It's great. I really enjoy that kind of thing going on. It sounds like mo- like uh, Presidente meets Mai Tai or something. Yeah, but it, 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 yeah, it's like it. Re- it what's funny is like it it reads kind of sweet, and then you taste it, and it's pretty dry, really playful. That, that's kind of like my approach to cocktails. Is I like them to kind of surprise you with the actual flavor profile when you taste them. There's another drink there that is Chenar Seventy. Rittenhouse 100 and then uh, banana liqueur and creme de cacao. But mm. it, it's kind of like a amazing riff on uh, like the Negroni specs and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Where it has a bitter, bitterness, but it has a really nice depth to it, mm-hmm. uh, sweetness to it that balances it out, and it just has a nice long finish. So I, mean, I had a whole year, year and a half to kind of figure this shit out. So. Yeah. Yeah, a lot <laughs> so of research time. Days to put this stuff on there. Yeah, your drink in Barantine, this new book. You are in the book featured, so thank you so much for being a part of that. Um, your drink, and you're so good with drink names, is Mr. Sparkle, which you um, you talk about where the name comes from. It comes from an episode of The Simpsons called In Marge We Trust, where Homer thinks a Japanese conglomerate has stolen his likeness for a detergent called Mr. Sparkle. And uh, <laughs> this was a drink that was on the menu... <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it's amazing. The fish and a light bulb shoved together. <laughs> <laughs> and this one um, is uh, yuzu liqueur, toki whiskey, shiro aloe liqueur, verju blanc, bitter queen tobacco bitters, and a little black pepper. So this is a pretty that that sounds like a cocktail that would kind of surprise you. It's got I'm sure a little bit of that acid to it, but the brightness mixed with kind of the savoriness. That sounds amazing. Are you still making that drink? I'm not making it right now, but yeah. um, I am in the process of getting a Toki highball machine installed at work, and Whoa. I'm probably gonna that's I'm gonna bring it back and put it in the highball machine. Oh man, that's amazing! Be <laughs> really good highball. I'm so excited about getting a highball machine, man. Oh, that's exciting! You have to come back and do highball. Uh, Japanese highball shots episode with us. Can oh. can we get highball machines in Nashville? Like, do you do you know anyone that that can get them out? I feel okay. like um I feel like Toko and um Trevor were yeah, getting uh, one at uh, Locust. Oh yeah yeah they yeah. Probably do that. I feel like they were they might be getting one there, but yeah that that would be that would be amazing. I love highballs, especially right now it's like so hot. Like, and you can you can crank whatever ABV you want into it, so you can do like. An ounce, ounce and a half, two ounce. With those, like I also like really love Topo Chico, so I love like violent bubbles. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gotta have it. 
Um, so like having that, it's like extra refreshing, extra easy to drink. Um, highballs are like my main thing that I love the most right now. Well, let's talk about one of the more famous, I guess you could call it a, uh, a highball, the mojito. Well, how did your love affair with the mojito start? And, uh, what's your favorite kind of, what's your favorite classic method that you make for the mojito for the folks at home? Well, my, my, uh, my love affair with mojitos started by having a love affair with daiquiris and mm-hmm. then wanting to lengthen them and uh, and spruce them up a little bit. But the mint and soda, which I think makes the, the daiquiri to me is, I mean, I'm not unique in this, but like I feel like the daiquiri is like the most perfect cocktail. It's a perfect blend of citrus, sweetness, and spirit. Mojito, mm-hmm. you, can, you can just crush them. So I just like started making them all the time because they were like my... Being from Nashville and stuff like that, like a mint julep, and I'm more of a rum guy than a whiskey guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think maybe it's because I've worked at so many places in the South where was, they're all whiskey forward, and that's all anybody ever wanted. That mm-hmm. I kind of like rebelled against the idea of everything whiskey, sure, just because I'm tired of it. It's my own axe to grind. No, I, I love mojitos because they're like really fun and like in all honesty, it, it, they feel you know back in the day like with Fernet or like daiquiris and fifty fifty martinis and stuff like that. I feel like a really well made mojito is like a great bartender's handshake to somebody. Oh sure, I just I just want you to have this perfect cocktail. Yeah, and, definitely. You know, it could be conceived as like this annoying drink for bartenders and stuff like that, but it's not hard to make. No, they're so, very easy so. to make, and also if you have like really good soda, like. For instance, like Topo Chico, it really pops it off. Um, and so the way that I make it is just like really simple specs. It's two ounces of white rum, one ounce of lime, three quarter simple syrup. And the simple I make is one to one sugar to water. Mm-hmm. A few mint leaves in there and ice. I don't muddle the mint because when you shake it, I feel like it does enough. Mm-hmm. I double strain and then garnish with fresh mint and top with soda. Well, I top with soda before I double strain. So sure. it's nice and blended in the tin. Uh-huh. Like the fresh mint bouquet is all you really want. Bam. And then the straw, you just, and then they usually last for like 30 seconds before I have to make another one. <laughs> yeah, right. Now you were doing, you were doing some really nice mojitos at Dino's for Mojito Monday where you were like, Sneaking in some Sprite, I think. Yeah, every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> getting like crushed over there some some nights. Like it was a great, it's, it's fun to like do something like that at a dive bar that's like shot some beers and then just like have one random night where you just listen to ridiculous music and crank out mojitos and serve animal fries and cheeseburgers. Yeah. What are some, what are some favorite like musical accompaniments, musical pairings for the mojito, do you think? Besides the Miami Vice soundtrack. No, I mean, it was good. <laughs> Pretty much any sort of like 80s cocaine music, I would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect for it. Right. Um, like, I, I have like some friends out here who are like super tiki heads and like rum, rum heads. And they like obviously listen to like Tropicalia, Cuban music and stuff like that. But I kind of find it to be kind of corny. It, it feels almost like fetishizing it, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, I feel like a good vibe for mojito, like drinking mojitos is whatever the hell you want to listen to that makes you feel good on a hot summer's day. Yeah, anything that anything that might sound good on a boat, you could yeah, kind of exactly. You could you could <laughs> go into that. Look, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Def Leppard cocaine. Like we're talking uh, like uh, hauling up cocaine. Yeah, yeah, we're talking like Christopher Cross late period. Oh yes, 
<laughs> Arthur soundtrack. <laughs> I, I, I have a couple of Christopher Cross songs on the playlist that we have at work, and every time they come on, I have like sailing and stuff like that. And anytime it comes on, I just like stop what I'm doing and bartending and just like transcend through time and space for a few moments and just relax. I know exactly what you mean. It's like that intro to sailing where it's the orchestral stuff and you're like, wait, what song is this? I thought this was sailing. And then the guitar intro creeps through. Exactly. And it's a magical moment. Within like 30 seconds and you don't hear the strings again, I don't think, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's like every time I'm surprised. It was cool how there used to be intros to songs that had nothing really to do with the song. That was like kind of 90s and 80s. Like 45 second intro that has nothing yeah. to do with anything. What's funny is like I have like a couple of songs uh, like talking about long intros. Like I have a couple of songs like from Lauren Hill, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. And they like on Spotify, you can't like skip the outro hmm. or whatever. They have like a minute long outro of like people talking and stuff. And every time I hear it at work, I'm like, this song has a one minute outro. I have to like run and <laughs> hit the skip button to go to the next. So what kind of what kind of food are you serving at this restaurant? It looks it looks amazing. Italian food, but it's very like California driven. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a farm and we go to the farmer's market and lo- locally source everything. Um, our, our pasta is like out of control. Our bolognese and our carbonara are like, I'm not like a homer for them. They're like legitimately two of the best pastas I've ever had in my life. Mm, sounds like incredible. Just a few blocks away from Osteria Mozza, which is an amazing Nancy Silverton restaurant. Like, and like Italy is not around the corner, but like, you know, the same sort of like vibe going on. And we do everything very quietly, very simply and, and very excellently. It's like a, one of the most underrated places in, in the city executing incredible food. Beyond our pasta, we have like we do like amazing crudo and octopus and stuff like that. It's like like one of the pizzas we have there is a guanciale pizza with um guanciale is like bacon from the jowl mm-hmm. uh, and Fresno chilies and olives like Castellano olives and rosemary. So it hits all those notes of like savory and and a little bit of heat and like I love the the pickled the Fresnos are pickled so there's that nice vinegar element to it. Thinness mm. and it was like thin crust and just beautiful like I, I've, I've worked there I've been back in LA for five years I've worked there ever since I moved back but I, I worked there for three and a half years before I moved back to Nashville so I've worked there for like almost nine years now oh wow that's amazing that's a long time you're like the Rick Carlisle of that place <laughs> I really like the place <laughs> you're like, like the great po- Greg Popovich opening and like it's a cool group of people to work with and I kind of create stuff with now i've seen in the news that the counts in los angeles seem to be going up and it's kind of national news what's going on out there are you are you feeling any of that going on um so like la's been like kind of driving me crazy because it was really bad for a while and then we like kind of became the best city for it like like all our numbers were like very minuscule and so like everybody was behaving and then in the past like month since we like june 15th we just california opened the floodgates back up to 100 percent. people can't seem to behave so now we're like we're still at 100 percent capacity but we're going back to masks and we're going which is good obviously yeah um, but we're, we're going back to precautionary measures to take care of people but like you never either it's, it creates in hospitality especially it's really hard to figure out like uh, the trust level you have with the stranger that comes in to sit at mm-hmm. like a table or sit at a bar 
Like I was bartending for the past like month without a mask because we have like basically our, our bar is like four feet. Mm-hmm. I'm never really around anybody else. I, I work by myself back there. So mm-hmm. like I felt comfortable. I'm vaccinated and you know, it's all I could do. It didn't really like bother me to trust people but now that like you see that you can't trust anybody i'm like masked up again and like being like come on man are you, are you cool yeah <laughs> you're just like looking at people in the eye and trying to figure it out our personal policy was like if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear a mask if you feel comfortable if you're not vaccinated you have to wear a mask but almost everybody was anyway so it was yeah. fine but now that things are starting to happen again and people can get covid whether they're vaccinated or not it makes it really hard it's like a lot of stress goes into like staffing and scheduling and feel like you know what i mean there's already yeah. enough where that that's on your plate like running a place sure and start packing everything else they're like all right it's a lot of extra work to go back to that a month after not having to do that anymore yeah just really more cool. mental jujitsu for you yeah and there's only so many times you can pivot you know yeah. You start feeling crazy. Yeah. So what's it been like for you to um, get yourself back out? Because I know that you like to, you know, get out there on the town a little bit and check things out. Um, have you been able to get back out into Los Angeles? And do you have some of your some of your spots that you've been able to hit up and stuff? Yeah, I'm like a classic Echo Park stomping ground guy where, like, it's very walkable. So you can, like, I go to Dodger games. I have season tickets. Um, and so like this year they had it only open for like 11,000 people at first. And then it went to, you know, they kind of phased into capacity and stuff like that. But like I would go to Dodger games, the giants are good again. So we, we, we love this because we get to hate people from San Francisco again in LA. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> you got to have a rivalry to make it interesting, Seriously. especially the long ass baseball season. Yeah, it is. And now it's only baseball, really. Basketball's over. Are you suffering? So we're both, for our listeners that might not realize, Travis and I are both huge hoops fans, hoop heads. And uh, are you experiencing some basketball depression or are you going to move right on to TM- Team USA in the draft? Or what do you think? You shift to baseball? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do a full ba- like full baseball pivot. Like yeah. baseball's one one, and basketball's one A. Um, and I have the luxury of being a Dodgers fan, so I always have great baseball to watch. The finals, like we were talking before, uh, on the we were talking on the phone earlier. Like the finals are great because like you love somebody like Giannis, like very talented, but also just like loves what he does and has such a great personality and it's like very like wholesome and cute so like it was it was really fun to see that guy win and i have like some some like chris paul beef i guess maybe it's because the league nixed the trade a long time ago to the lakers when they owned the pelicans yeah yeah you almost had him and then uh things got weird they took him away f- from you i think booker's amazing and i think that he he rem- people say he reminds him of kobe but he really does remind me of kobe a lot mm. relentlessly talented from all over the floor he can play both ways and can shoot like a man he can shoot let me ask you this so being that you're like you're running the bar there at uh, at Oscar labuca and you're you're doing all these cocktails you've been with this team there for so long do you find that there's some like there's some basketball metaphors that creep in there, like people got to know their role and people got to look out for each other constantly? There are don't you feel like there's some basketball metaphors in in running restaurants and bars? Absolutely, like I feel like the, uh, just the way that the bar is kind of set up there, it's in the middle of the entire restaurant, and we work by ourselves while also having like seats 
and make drinks for the service well. So I always think of anybody who's bartending there basically as the point guard for the front of house. And my my friend Sergio, like, expos there, and he's, like, the point guard at the back of the house, you know? Nice. Mm-hmm. And then you, got your, you got your role players. We've got a couple of servers who, like, know their wine, like, crazy. And so, so I'm like, that's our Steph Curry over there. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> like, selling $200 Barolos out of nowhere. Like, all right, that's our shooter. Taking that deep three, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> our, like, our, a couple of our bussers, like, you can tell that they're, like, they, they do all of your, like, third line shift. Well, that's a hockey thing. But, like, they, they come in there and just, like, to enforce, make sure everything's all good. <laughs> they're good. So they're, like, I guess you're a... They're like your PJ Tuckers. Yeah, PJ Tucker. I was gonna say. I was gonna throw it back and just say like Anthony Mason. Totally. And then you have, uh, you know, your your um, all of your glassware, which is your Anthony Davis, which is constantly broken. There you go. It can make you look really good when times are good, <laughs> and it will break when you really don't want it to. <laughs> it's hard. The supply chain is is so hard right now to get stuff, and so like when someone breaks a glass, I like literally see money signs flying up into the air, and I'm like, shit. I made this vermouth with Love and Exile wines here, and we're still not releasing it because we can't get enough clear glass bottles. It's crazy, man. So, yeah, it's wild. The the supply chain thing is absolutely crazy. Like one of uh, our top selling cocktail, like, and has two out of. Three out of the four ingredients are uh, constantly on back order. And what ingredients and are those? Chase them down. Um, it's called Shot Girl Summer, um, and it has nice. Empress Gin because I like I, I can't I, I don't I'm Empress Gin's fine, but I love the the playfulness of the purple from the butterfly pea fruit. Oh flowers. sure, yeah. Uh, and it's called Shot Girl Summer, so you want it to kind of look fun anyway. Yeah. Um, but I use Strega, which is this saffron liqueur, Italian saffron liqueur, mm-hmm. uh, Jaffard passion fruit liqueur, and passion fruit syrup. And I uh, by Liquid Alchemist, I love them. Um, but like tracking down the Jaffard, it's always back ordered. Strega is I can't get Strega until the end of August. So mm. I found one liquor store here that I like. I tell them every week I just go buy it from them. I'm just like, don't sell this to anyone else. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. So, we sell like thirty of them a night, and like. It's a small restaurant, so like it's worth it to track it down versus like changing the cocktail. Sure. Like the supply chain, supply chain stuff out here is great. I don't know if it's like that in, in Nashville. I'm sure. I mean, I mean, to some degree, I'm sure it's like that everywhere. But like in LA, it's really hard. Most of my friends have a hard time finding anything. Tell me, um, because I'm sure you're making. I'm sure you have people that come in in California who are looking for mojitos. So do you make, do you have some cool, uh, with a lot of the different herbs and cordials and things that you got there, are you making some cool riffs on a mojito or do you have a favorite kind of left turn on it? Uh, yeah, actually, um, I like to throw some, uh, sherry or vermouth in there. Ooh, yeah. The lo-fi I really like, and I, I, I love lo-fi, uh, they're dry vermouth, but like, it, that's really fun in there, but also like something like manzanilla sherry, and like really nice and dry, adds a little bit of pop to it, so that, I, I don't really mess with the citrus or, or herb profile, I do, I can do basil and stuff like that, or like, we grow a lot of lemon verbena at our farm, mm. So like I've I've actually been infusing like Coke Americano and uh, Pisco with lemon verbena. Mm. A different drink I'm working on, but it's kind of a it's kind of mojito specs. Lemon verbena I feel like was made for drinks because it infuses so well, gives you so much flavor. Not just lemon, 
you know, you get that cool kind of peppery thing. And it's it's an herb that you also, you don't necessarily want to like be gnawing on lemon verbena or like be chewing on it. You know, it's like, it's great to just infuse or smell, you know? The pepper is what I love about it. Like yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, so actually, I'm going to put this on the menu here in like a month. And it, it's essentially like mojito specs. Um, mm. it, uh, the uh, the coca americano and the pisco infused with um, lemon verbena. And then uh, in the simple, I'm infusing coconut cream with uh, matcha tea powder and doing that and lime and soda. It's oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So the lemon verbena with the green tea vibes. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Like earthy, earthy and spicy. And oh, that sounds amazing. It's pretty cool. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Only for like five or six people. I don't know if everybody else is going to love it. But if you if you read it and you're like, I like this, you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if someone says, yeah, it's, try it. It's like a mojito. It's our California mojito. I think they're going to want to order that. I know that like Carly up in Chicago does has done some stuff with matcha. And I know like matcha is a thing that's like bit out there and stuff like that. But like... Mm-hmm. Matcha and coconut's a really great combo. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful, like it's it's fun. That's the whole the whole thing. Like that's why I like mojitos so much is because they're fun. Making cocktails should be fun. Yes. Well, dude, thank you so much for taking the time tonight from all the way in Los Angeles and telling us about everything that's going on out there. It sounds like you're doing amazing work at Austria Labuca. Thanks, man. I appreciate it very much. What a lovely what a lovely way to spend an evening. On my veranda. Dude, Mojitos on the Veranda. That That's the name of your memoir, I think. I think it is. Mojitos <laughs> on the Veranda by Travis <laughs> Allen Archer. <laughs> well, we got that. We got that taken care of tonight. The, te- the title of your memoir. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's great talking to you. I'll see you soon. Hey, great talking to you. And let's preview. It's possible that Mojito Mondays could be coming back to Dino's in September. So stay tuned. We will have more info on a possible guest uh, Mojito Monday for Travis. Man, that would be so much fun. It's possible. We know We know people. We're going to talk to people. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Mike. All right. Thanks a lot, Travis. Take care. All right. Thanks for joining us today on the Summer of Shots right here on Liquid Gold and the We Own This Town Podcast Network. My name's Mike Wolf. We will be back with more Summer of Shots tackling the light, refreshing, and fun beverages to get you through the summer. We still have, like, it feels like we're getting to the end, but it's we got two months left officially of, uh, of summer here. Another reminder, Travis Allen Archer, our guest today, is in the book. Barantined recipes, tips, and stories to enjoy at home. It just came out this week. I will be doing a live virtual event tonight. This is airing here uh, July 23rd, Friday, 6 p.m. Central on the Parnassus Facebook Live page. That's where the event will go down. Myself in conversation with Lisa Donovan, the famed pastry chef and writer, James Beard award-winning writer, She will be peppering me with, I'm sure, very intelligent questions. And uh, it'll just be a fun chat about the book and some of the drinks in the book and methods and home bar stuff. So lots to talk about with her. Check that out. Would love to hear from some of you folks um, that listen to the show. So you can check that out at Parnassus. And we'll have a link as well on my Instagram, Mike Wolf underscore garden to glass you can always find us at our instagram page at liquid gold underscore pod thanks for listening thanks to travis allen archer find him at swisha suede 
on Instagram. And make yourself a mojito this weekend. You deserve it. Cheers, everybody.